This is Let Us Be Idiots with your host, Matteo Pascale. This episode is a bit different because recently I was digging through my archives and I decided to go ahead with it. I'm finally airing on Let Us Be Idiots an extremely edited version, or what others would consider labeling as a re-edit, of the first interview I ever did with the True Puka. The basic rundown is, years ago, when I first started doing this podcast, there was a very early episode of What Is Be Idiots that I uploaded on the very date of April 4th, 2020, and it contained only 10 minutes of audio being played from the very same interview with the True Puka. And of course, when it first aired on What Is Be Idiots, it was hyper-abridged. If you need context regarding who the True Puka is, he was last featured on Let Us Be Idiots with Greg and Rob. Anyway, within the past few weeks, as I said a bit earlier in this monologue, I was digging through my digital archive and happened to be listening to the original copy of the interview I did with the True Puka that was recorded in 2015. By the end of listening to that original copy of the interview that I did with the True Puka, I realized that with major editing, the interview can be presented even better than ever. Lastly, a lot of the individuals that are mentioned by the True Puka and I within the recorded interview I regard them as cancerous and toxic beyond belief. The only person that's mentioned by name that I do not consider cancerous and or toxic beyond belief happens to be Jason Unruh. Now that everything is addressed and added away, let it roll. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It's recording. Oh, okay, good. My soundboard's already hooked up anyway. Yeah, I thought we were doing Skype. Yeah, this is, this I didn't is... even know this was working with Facebook, so we got lucky. Um, so I wanted to ask you a few things about the, um, recently your debate. I didn't watch it yet because I didn't have enough time to actually view the whole thing. Okay. And I was wondering, um, there was some hostility heard in the comment section. No, I, I actually didn't look at that comment section. I was told that there was a certain amount of hostility in it. I decided just to stay out of it. I asked. To, uh, if he saw any questions that he thought would be relevant for the follow-up, that he should pull them out and we could do, make use of them that way. Well, another question, um, did you see a video on you last week, you mean? No, I saw the first video he did, He's and uh, his, his whole, he seems to be doing some, some kind of whole series on Yeah, it's he claims a six-part or four-part series. It has something to do with basically him attacking minorities for being sneaky or something like that. That was the impression I got overall. Like, <laughs> I, I actually did a video which inadvertently addressed that. The entire concept of uh, that minority groups have to go around uh, apologizing for or demanding apology from members of their groups to the majority group because they're fully aware that as a minority group that they could basically be Smacked down really easily. All you have to do is look at Ferguson, for example, yeah. and see what happens there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I haven't really followed the rest of his series because after the first one, it, it just seemed kind of pointless. It, it, it really deteriorated. Also, I was wondering also about um, the uh, the reason I started his podcast um, was in retaliation against the Charlie Hebdo massacre of freedom of speech and stuff like that because I'm actually connected to people um, who work for the magazine, so I just got very disturbed by the whole thing. Which magazine? Charlie Hebdo. Oh, okay, thank you. I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah, sure. And um, when it happened, I was, I was uh, very disgusted by it because um, that's, like, just picture, like, there's so many satirical magazines. What if, like, Mad Magazine or National Lampoon decided to do the same thing and they got, like, attacked in New York City? 
Yeah, I when that first happened, I took an attitude of this is a magazine in a foreign country. Yeah. Uh, in France, so I'm only so familiar, not just with the language, but actually the culture in that country. So I'm always wary of immediately commenting on something like that because you looked at like the picture they showed, for example, yeah. which is the one that was really making the rounds of. Uh, I guess it was the. The, what was it, the, the, the Muslim girls who were kidnapped? Yeah, well, yeah by, that, uh, that was Book actually the poster picture for that whole thing. Yeah, for uh, Boko Haram, right? Yeah, Boko Haram, thank you, yeah. And uh, when you first look at it from our perspective as Americans, you're like, well, that's that's a fairly insulting thing. But I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, this is French culture, it's a French newspaper, you know, the caption, the, everything going on. I'm not clear on what's going on, so I'm going to hold off until I get some clarification, which is why I didn't comment on it really at the time. Yeah. And when you actually look into it and you examine the background of why that picture existed, you see it was actually them using that to attack their conservative party on another issue and basically pointing out the hypocrisy of what they were saying. I don't remember the exact details. And, and you have to remember, they have different laws on this kind of thing as well. It's I know, I totally. They have asterisks. We, yeah. we have free expression laws. They, they don't have it. So, for one thing, criticizing their laws in their country... Doesn't make sense. Kind of thing. I can do it from an American perspective, but from what I've seen recently, the sword cuts both ways with this. I actually have dual citizenship of Italy, so I know um, very much like how the laws work and stuff with um, freedom of speech. Okay. What was their opinion on the entire uh, on the entire incident? Italy's uh, Italy got, like was on sh like lockdown, like they closed everything off, just like Rome, because apparently the day after Colorado, Rome was threatened by ISIL video saying they're going to like basically fly a plane to the Vatican. Did they did they express total support for um, for what Italy? Yeah. Yes, they had a, a rallies everywhere. The um. Yeah. They, well, from the perspective of you shouldn't shoot people for. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know that they're not going to say like, oh, that should happen. I just meant did they actually say the magazine itself? They they felt it was a good example. Of yeah, a free speech. Yes. Purpose. It's it's just interesting because I just caught a uh, article by uh, by Gary Trudeau. Do you know who he is? Uh, New Yorker, right? Well, he, he did Doonesbury, or I don't know if he still does it, I think. Doonesbury is like an iconic comic strip. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it's, I've no, as long as, I remember it as far back as when I was a kid. I've been reading it since at least I was seven years old. What paper is Doonesbury in it? Um, the Doonesbury comics in what paper again? All of them, really. <laughs> oh. There's many papers he's been in. He he has been pulled from many papers just as well for being offensive, as they put it. I, I um, remember, like, like um, he was on The Simpsons, like, like his uh, montage. Yes, well, he's just uh, his work is so famous that they actually made a Broadway play of it at one point. And I actually went and saw it. It was a terrible play, but it was it was still it's still it's just one of those things. It's like certain people are just so iconic that they end up getting a play or something. He expressed an opinion on the whole Charlie Hebdo thing, and I, I was actually surprised that he he essentially said that he felt that they were that they had uh, crossed the line into punching down. Now I can't speak for that because I don't yeah. know the specific examples he's talking about, but I was I found it interesting that somebody who's considered like one of the one of the most iconic members of the satire community actually expressed that opinion. Now he's not justifying what happened, of course. Yeah, I don't think he would ever do that. But at the same time, he, he did express the opinion that they did cross a line occasionally. What what made you recently uh, start focusing on MRA like MRA groups on the internet? Well, I I initially started focusing on them. Uh, God, it's a couple of years ago. What did they come out of? Where did they come out of? Yeah, like, my, my personal opinion. Well, the MRA, the, the men's rights movement, in some form or another, has always been around. It's been around since. 
but not always, but it's been around since about the 70s. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, I yeah, that's when they first formed, and uh, it was a different movement than it is now. And to, to, to my view, they never really did much of anything. There was some initial... There was some initial action they took in dealing with uh, voter registration. Yeah, uh, which which they did, which they were involved with, and in fairness to them, they, they that's why the 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 government actually finally said, you know what, we're not going to prosecute people for not registering for the draft anymore. Because men were actually stepping forward and saying, I'm not doing this. Screw you. What are you going to do about it? And after enough of them did it, they just said, you know what, this is a no-win situation. We are officially now not going to ever pursue this. And if you actually look at the history from from uh, 1980 up until now, they don't prosecute any cases on it. They don't pursue them. When the issue of, uh, for example, Pell Grants comes up or work in government, you can actually get around it. I know a lawyer who actually specializes in dealing with people who are in danger of losing their jobs, who've been in the government. Like, they've been working government jobs for 20 years, and out of the blue, it's discovered they... Uh, they never registered for selective service when, you know, they're in the age they're supposed to do it. Right, I think kind of all of a sudden, they're losing their job over this, and the lawyer takes the case. And generally, almost always, they win. They what? get to keep their job. The only exception I know of offhand is actually somebody who worked for the VA, is which, this a, sorry. which is kind of, like, interesting that the VA of all places, they were just like, no, we're not having it. Is this lawyer, I think I saw him in the news once, is he Canadian-American? He might be. I don't, rem I, I don't remember uh, his, if he's got dual citizenship or not. Uh, it might be someone else. Um, yeah, there's oh, a couple who actually do it, but the, the number of cases are not that large. You're talking maybe a couple of hundred, I think. Um, I was wondering... Um, All recently, really. Um, why, um, um, you know, I was really wondering, I was watching a lot of the Christian right videos and a lot of atheists. This argument never comes up in the community of, of proving and disproving God. Can you two, two simple answers? Myself, I'm agnostic atheist, but there are two things I've really much questioned. Stigmatas okay. and weeping statues. Wait, what was that? You're, you're kind of like very echoey. Oh, um, in the atheist community and also in the Christian right community, I've looked everywhere to a nail for this. I could not find any references to it with vloggers. No one in the atheist or Christian community brings up the argument of crying statues and stigmata. Oh, I, you know, I've seen videos covering it, but it's, uh, I, I can't say specifically anyone yet, but anybody I know who's done it. No one, no one has ever brought it up in a Christian community or the atheist community, and I can't figure out why. It's such a well-known thing. Well, it's 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 usually more of a Catholic thing. And when Hindu. Like issue comes up, it tends to be about child abuse in the atheist community. Yeah, like we t we, I, we tend to it's YouTube. We tend to be very narrow focus scope when we focus on things, and generally it's whatever's mainstream at the moment is what gets focused on. So if it's going to be yeah. something that's coming up with Catholicism, it's going to be the the child abuse issue. People don't really focus on the stigmata and uh, the whole... There's also kind of a bit of a, a racial element to that. I know, yeah. I, I don't think you really get that as much in, in America. It's more of a... Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe not even racial, more of like a foreign country thing. And it is. Americans tend to be more like focused on American issues. No, like, but I'm I, guilty of that. It's really I interesting because I actually looked up to like statues crying blood. The second most common religion is, is in Hinduism. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's multiple gods that they have uh, multiple gods. If not, it's not just Shiva of destruction. Multiple gods have been recorded crying uh, blood and stuff. Yeah, I'm not surprised now that I think about it though, because they they're very uh, focused on on their on their uh, memorabilia. I guess you would call it there. I heard somewhere you work for the New Yorker. Is that true? No, I don't work for the New Yorker. Uh, you are a professor, right? No, I'm not a professor. Oh, so I, I, this is what people have been telling me. I don't know, like, uh, 
Uh, sir, I just I want to ask you. Yeah, I guess I just have I just I wear like a professor's lock a coat with nappy elbow pads. Perhaps that's it. no, I, no, I'm not a professor. I, I've done I've done lectures. And I've done uh, talks. I've it's seen those on YouTube. I've really done it, but it's I have but I don't have an actual professor. Oh, okay. Um, you uh, a recent video of uh, um, uh, what was it? Criticism journalism. And we were discussing this that like we by the internet um has destroyed modern modern journalism. I wouldn't necessarily say it's destroyed it. I'd say it's changed it radically. Radically, yes. And uh, it actually, it goes back further than that. You have to remember, especially for uh, America, really modern journalism changed back in two thousand two or three ish when we yeah. started doing embedded journalism, and we changed the nature of the relationship between the media government on a kind of very subtle fundamental level where we took away a lot of the power uh, intended or not of journalists to really get the story out and the internet just came along and they just it just fueled the fire with uh, making it impossible to have really just a kind of reason level headed journalism everything's about shock value I know attention do you write for any online papers yourself no I don't oh, okay because um I'm currently working on a piece. I'm trying to uh, just uh, like not I'm not really affiliated with anything, but I'm writing this um journalistic piece. It's gonna be, I'm trying to get like five to six pages out of it on um North Korea. Uh, some very inf interesting information I found out. Really? And I don't want to give too much away because I don't want people stealing it. But um, right. I uh try, trying to like contact a few papers to do it, and a few papers have replied back saying they want to do it if they if they liked article or not. I, I don't know. Like, what was it? you didn't make it? Did you make a video with the interview? The, the controversy. No, I did not actually. Yeah, I didn't do a video on that. Uh, why was that? that? I think that was very much... like I know your I friend... Think I, just, I think it was just timing. I was in the middle of other things, so I didn't get an opportunity to do it. I, I don't know. Like, I know Jason never made like hundreds of them. He probably did, now that I think about it. He made, like, yeah. I think, three or four. Yeah. It's, uh... That, <laughs> that whole thing was just kind of, like, a very phaseable on the event. You know, actually, you know how I actually found out about you? In what way? Um, the whole drama with you and Jason, like, last uh, September with the whole 9-11 messaging thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I really got, I told Jason I was mad when he did that video. Oh, yeah, I remember that video we did. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting video, I have to say. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I don't think Jason quite understands just what it's like in America now as far as just how little power the average person has to influence the political process on anything above state level. I know. And it's like, very, it's, it's not, it's not impossible. It's not possible. It's yeah. incredibly difficult. But what pissed me off at that video in general was like, I was at Ground Zero like the day before it happened so this really flipped me out. So like, I know you said your, um, your wife is in the hospital apparently and you were like in the video you made about it. Like, that, I don't remember, I remember that I just recently watched it just like, because I, I didn't know what exactly went down with the messaging. I, I just assumed it was ugly. Oh, you mean messaging with what? Like, um, you replied to Jason's, um, Jason made a reply, then you replied back with the same, but, like, the, the, the messaging that you didn't talk to him in third person kind of, like, thing. Oh, yeah, we, uh, I mean, we did have a conversation in private about it. Yeah. And, uh, I did try to make him understand the position of what it's like in America. I don't think he quite got it. Yeah, I don't, I, tr I did the same thing to him. I didn't know about, you did the same thing either, but, um, yeah. I tried to explain it, he just, he couldn't process it. Yeah, it's it's very different than it used to be. Yeah, in America, it's it's just and people 
we have like a really bad reputation just in general for how we like impact on the rest of the world and a lot of people think that we should as a country be held accountable for some of the things we do and I don't disagree with that but at the same time saying that everyday citizens deserve to die it's kind of it's messed that, up. It's, it's like especially when we don't have really any control over what's happening in our political process right now it's it's a very harsh statement to make there's you know there's like been a series of, of essays I think Michael Moore was a big push for that like idea too Sorry? I think Michael Moore said a lot of, like, in things of the line of that, like, American citizens of, like, whatever need to, like... Oh, Michael Moore. Yeah. Yeah, he... Yeah, Michael Moore... He, I agree with some of the things he says, some of the things he says I don't agree with. I think he goes... You know, like, he, you know he got banned from the Academy. He did? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He was at Occupy Wall Street, I actually... I, was, I, I met him a few times down there. But I ran into him down there. Everybody came down, they were, like, a bunch of people came down to speak, and he was one of uh, did you at all run into Caleb Moppin? No, I didn't. Zagati Park. Yeah, Zagati okay, Park, Park, yes. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't run into him down there. Because at the time he was work, I think working for press TV at the time. Okay. I know they, they invited me to uh join their I guess you call it their press corps. Yeah. But uh I didn't want to do it because from what I saw their press corps it was it was primarily geared towards making Occupy Wall Street look good. And I was like, I'm not really interested in that kind of journalism. Like, that's like a very spe specific focus journalism, which is just, just really, it's almost bordering on propaganda. It is. I said, if I'm going to do what I'm going to do, I, like, I wouldn't even accept their food or anything while I was down there. My attitude was, I don't want to appear to be biased in any way. I just want to report on what's going on. And granted, I do have, a, I did have my own personal bias about how we we need this kind of change. But at the same time, I was not necessarily about to say that this is absolutely the way to do it. Uh, like how all, how like how often do you read your comment section? Not as much as I used to ever since they changed the format. It, it has more to do with the uh, how the format is now than what's said yeah. in it. Like you used to actually have control over your comment section. I, I get so much hate mail from neo Nazis. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. I I used to have fun with that. I used to kind of like do social experiments to see if I yeah. could make them do things like like the white genocide videos I did. Yeah. I I would I would just. Do things like, for example... Like, okay. do alternate names, sock puppet kind of stuff like that? No, I, I would say to them, for example, okay, you're using a particular phrase. I, I have decided that that phrase cannot be used this week. So <laughs> okay. every time oh, you okay. use that phrase, I'm going to go find one of your your, your better comments, and I'm going to delete that comment. Oh, that, that's, a, that's an interesting take on it. Um, yeah, I would do things like that, and, and they would end up doing what I wanted them to do. Or I'd pick one, and I'd be like, you're in charge of the comment section for this week. You're have you ever thought about doing a hate mail bag? Like a bag, uh, a bag, a hate mail bag? I should do that. I have some real classics. I, I, I don't really get as much commenting on those anymore. It comes and goes. But I used to get tons of hate mail. Yeah, the over-the-top anti-Semitism thing. Yeah. I know Arini did one of those. He did a video called The Jewish Problem. Which yeah, I, was, I, remember, I remember that. I, I was like, should I really respond to this? Arini uh, like, kind of like... I don't know. Like... <laughs> His Bukowski video bothered me more than that, actually, because I watched him do a video on Charles Bukowski, and I was at, I was almost offended because I can't stand people who don't understand Charles Bukowski. And I, I know, I know yeah. going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But uh, it, it's just funny. I was actually arguing about this the other day, which is why. I was wondering, if you were to ever write a book, would you title your author's publisher name under a true puka, or would you use your actual birth name? Because like, uh, That's a good question. I'd probably use my name. Like, I haven't decided if I'm going to keep using the true cookie. The problem I had is when, when YouTube announced that they were going to allow you to change your name yeah. to whatever, I said, you know what, I'm going to do it because it's just, 
it seems like that's the way it's going. They're forcing you to use your identity on the internet gradually over time. I might as well get on board with it. The problem is what they did is they made it a change where the, the URL is still the same. Yeah, I know. And they didn't, that wasn't what they told me when I was down at the, at the studio at the time when we were talking about it. That's not how they presented it. So I might actually change it back to the true Kuka just for consistency because... Yeah, you, you can't... It's, it's very easy. Because there are Philip Roses out there who are actually in the acting industry, and I've noticed it creates confusion between us. Oh, you're an actor. I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, not anymore. I used to be. But there are others. There's a director by the name of Philip Rose, and there's another... There's like... It's, there's actually a Philip Rose... There's actually a Philip Rose group on Facebook right now. There's like six of us. Oh, my God. Because it's like we discovered there's like a whole bunch of us out there, and we, we all think disturbingly the same way. I'm wondering... Um, uh, what is your view on Thunderfuck? Because I feel like when he started, he was more liberal, but now he's over the years, he's gotten more right-wing, I feel like. I think he just does whatever his audience likes. The impression I get is he's pretty much just an entertainment channel now. Yeah, pretty much, he, yeah. He had a point about, I don't know, it was three or four years ago, where he tried to start a channel called Beauty and the University. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. And uh, it was a good idea, actually. Back at the time, it might have worked. He said... This is going to be my, my science channel, and this is going to be my, I guess, screwing about channel was the yeah. idea. Nobody was interested in watching his science channel. He's not the only one who went through this. There were other people out there who, who kind of mixed science that together. So the end result is he abandoned that channel. He started doing just the other one, put everything on that. But over time, as YouTube has changed, I think he really just does videos to appeal to what his audience likes. And it's, it's just... It's what he does now. It's I don't get it's it's you can't really totally be mad at him. You have to be really more mad at the audience. I, I kind of am actually. I really at this point I kind of like blaming the audience over the creators. Well, yeah, it's you know if he tried to like for example he when I did the vi I did a video where I kind of was tongue in cheek accusing him of like using like the Kalashov effect of saying this is my science videos here's everything else so therefore there's like a scientific quality to the videos I do and I was basically pointing out yeah you know what it's it's not that it's it's not it's not science what you're doing it's just your opinion and which is why I also think he should be protected for that reason I'd like to see that kind of protection for everybody who does that kind of you know with wonderful thing is yeah uh, when I did that and I pointed out that well like 80% of his content is just opinion pieces really white, fluff, feminist, whatever religion. Yeah. Maybe like two out of ten videos of science. He immediately after that did like five science videos in a row. Which kind of like proved the point. But the sad thing about it is if you look at the view count, they They're got so low. a fifth of the views that his anti-feminist, anti and you just start using they really are videos. And that's sad because I get the impression he probably would like to do content that's a little more serious. But his audience doesn't care. He's trapped by what his audience wants. YouTube has become the audience of a gnat, the, the intelligence of a gnat. Well, yeah, that's what they always want. Well, it's, it's, they want it to be an entertainment site. Yeah. Back when we were doing the DMCA tube thing, and when we were trying to actually influence YouTube and Google and how they changed YouTube, uh, you could see the gradual change of how they were, how they were bringing it to what it is now. And people just didn't get that. People didn't understand that they didn't buy YouTube because they thought YouTube itself was great. No, they thought YouTube sucked. Google thought YouTube was a losing proposition. They bought YouTube because they want, they were buying a customer base. That's what they were buying. And they have gradually, over time, they have manipulated that customer base and they have changed it by increment so that they didn't lose them all at once. What happened is they had a certain portion of it would gradually leave each time. They made a change and they got new people coming in as that happened and they 
make another change. And that's how they made it what it is today. It's it's why, like, when people talk about free speech on YouTube, I just kind of shake my head. Because it's, it's a private entity. It's a private corporation. It's a private organization. They do what they see fit. The only freedoms you have is what they decide you should have. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll be fairly arbitrary about it. You know Conference Report? Yeah. He did that wonderful video, which is kind of a similar to that art piece with the two women stomping about naked. It was yeah. considered an artistic <laughs> He did his version of it. And for the longest time, it stayed up, and then they took it down with it. And it was the exact same thing, no difference. The only, And I've been told this, by the way. I've been down at the, the studio, and they've said straight out, like, they're legal. Like, I was speaking to their the equivalent of their like legal representative to the studio, she said, yes, they absolutely do have a different standard when it comes to channel size. There's no question about it. So you have to be aware of that when you when you make yeah. this stuff on YouTube, that what you're doing, like or I'm doing, yeah. we're not going to get away with the same thing that somebody like the Young Turks or... Uh, oh, totally, yeah. I like, think of a large mission, well, they're not, they're a whole network. Or PewDiePie. Um, yeah, it's just, just anybody who's large. Yeah, they're not going to get away with the same level of... of did you, did you watch the South Park Christmas episode? Which one? There's like a number of them. The last last Christmas. In Toronto. Last Christmas. Oh, which, which one was that? I, I, I could, um, it, was like, it was like 45 minutes. It was, like, it was a spoof on like the modern day of media and journalism. It's like a satire on YouTube and Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Did you think the PewDiePie thing was a cop-out? You mean what he did afterwards, or yeah, oh, no, like with like the screen and the picture kind of like thing, like. Oh, it's. I thought it was a, it was a social commentary. Yes, so why? Yeah. Do things. I don't know if it was necessarily a cop out or not. It was just one one perspective of it. I found it interesting that shortly afterwards he didn't he lock down comment sections. Yes, he he, uh, he banned all comments because of some weird reason. Yeah, and you have to watch out. That's something that's actually going to happen more and more. There's been like a. There's been a reaction from a lot of the larger publications as well, where they're just not going places like uh, Popular Science. I think they've done it too. They're just saying it's it's just a, it's not even like they're saying it's not even so much that it's a cesspool. It's, it's not even that so much. It's also there's like so much spam. In it's it. spam and self promoting. Yeah, yeah, it's a self promoted spam. So I have. I know. Like, I, I would I would consider doing it, except I've noticed the spam filter catches all of like every now and again I'll just go and check for review comments. And it's just, it's just too much. Spam filters, it discriminates. Yeah, it, it'll be sad to see it go, but at the same time, I understand why it's happening. Yeah. And this, and this is an example of, like, this is an example of what I get so frustrated with when it comes to people who just hammer without any subtlety to the free expression. Yeah, I know. Because just because you have free expression doesn't mean you should use it indiscriminately. And this is an example of why having free expression means you should use it responsibly. And you shouldn't just go, you know what, you should be able to do whatever you want. Because you basically, you lose nice things. You do. You lose comment sections. You lose the ability to do things. Because despite what they say, your actions do have consequences. If you go into comment section and you post a lot of stupid crap, eventually people are going to shut them down because they're not going to want to see it. You can bitch and whine about it all you want, but you know what, it's their right to do it. I, I was going to ask you about this. I can't, like, watching a lot of your videos, I can't decide if you're a progressive or libertarian. I'm kind of a crossover. I, I made up the term social libertarian. That's actually a real term. Hmm? That's a real term. It is a real term. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's Well, it's libertarian socialist is more of like a Marxist thing is my opinion. Yeah, it is. Not yeah, Marxist, it is. It's more communist. Social libertarian, like, I, I, yeah, I think it has been around a while. Actually, when I first like came up with it, I didn't realize it existed. Kind of, yeah, I made it up. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> while I'm at it, I invented NASA in space travel. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, I've used that to uh, describe myself. I find that uh, a lot of, I agree with a lot of uh, liberal principles as far as like, well, not liberal principles, I agree with a lot of, of liberal policy. But a lot of the times, I get there for different reasons, for concern, like even sometimes conservative reasons, practical reasons, libertarian. I just I, I take a different view on what's fiscally sound or wise than a lot of them do. But I personally think I have a deeper view of like how things interact when it comes to the economy. There's like some weird MRA who was like um like maybe 50 subscribers on YouTube who has like 500 videos like every like day he uploads like six videos like debunking some crappy set of like some There's a weird MRA on YouTube really. No, like, no. shocking, amazing. No, I, with 50 subscribers too, it's incredible. No, what what who is he? I know his his name is like 26 random letters like four numbers and know what like and like uh, I think he showed up recently in my video. I don't know, yeah. I and, like, he basically, every video he calls you the doppelganger of Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. Okay, I haven't seen that, but I can believe it. I, I've been compared to him. Oh, really? I, I've also been in the satellite. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I don't know if that's necessarily a... A good thing. A good thing or a bad thing. I've gotten Woody compared Allen to... Woody Allen is a genius, despite all the... What you're crap like. that goes on in his life. Did you all, uh, um... Game at all? Are you a gamer? Like, you somewhat? I used to. I don't anymore. You mean, well, do you mean video game, or do you mean, like, tabletop? Tabletop, mainly. Oh, uh, I haven't done it in a while. Uh, I used to. I, I was, I started on the initial Dungeons and Dragons. Um, one of your interesting story, I brought this up, actually. Um, you know how the Rosenberg family, um, soldier writes their story to the game Fallout? Really? Yeah, because Fallout is based on a Rosenberg, like, nuclear, like, holocaust that happened. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that would make sense. And um, my mother says, like, really, they sold her rights to their store to make this tacky video game. And, like, my mother, <laughs> I, I was playing on the TV, and I was, like, basically running. <laughs> I was running in this field for, like, I guess four hours. She says, what's happening? You just run. That's the game. And, like, it's just, there are economic theories of this game. This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's like when The Matrix came out, people actually wrote dissertations on it. No, they're, like, if you look at it, like, the Library of Congress, are in, they're, like, so many dissertations on like economics of Fallout. It's no, I'm sure there are. Yeah, it's it's basic cyberpunk, really. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that entire world just brought into a video. I, I played it actually. I, I thought it was kind of fun. which one because they're like I think four or five at this point. Uh, the Vegas one. That's what everyone references for uh, uh economics. Yeah, that's yeah. It was interesting. The, the only the first time I played it, I ruined my experience because I, I hit a point where I had to to advance a storyline. I needed an ability. I didn't have it high enough, so I used to cheat. Oh, okay. And then, like, and then I said, you know, ah, well, I'll do another cheat. And then I said, you know what? I just ruined the entire game. I'm not to start over, so I delete the character because it just it got no fun at that point. It, you know? Yeah, it destroyed the experience. I'm kind of really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really anti um self publish. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm really against the idea of it. Of of self publishing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny when I I, I used to write short story fic, uh, fiction sci sci fi way back. Yeah. And the entire publishing industry has changed so dramatically. How we used to, like how we used to do it back then. When you write your story, you put it by eleven no envelope, you send it off to the publisher, you hope you got published, you maybe not. And it's like now it's the whole self publishing industry is so different. And uh, I guess I guess it's a good thing. I don't know. A lot of crap gets out there. For a lot. Oh yeah, like Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, yeah. Pride of Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, let me see what else there is. Uh, Twilight. The Brett Kane story. 
Wait, who's the Brett Kavanaugh? <laughs> Wait, Brett, Brett, is that Brett? Are you talking about Brett? Um, book out there. I think he wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, he wrote a book. Have you been watching? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you um, been watching? Some, yeah, and, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of people. Out. Oh, my God. I, I came across a copy, an advanced copy of Anne Rice's. I think it was Anne Rice's sister wrote a book. Oh, yeah, I saw that. It's going around. And it was it. terrible. And it's just like some people should never be published. That book actually leaked on Reddit a while ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, examples of that. Yeah, uh, based and um, have you been? Wa- oh, I didn't know you were like watched Brett Campbell. I have a, a lot no, of. No, I don't. I don't. I just somebody linked me to a book, and I said, "What the hell is this?" And they said, it's, "And I was just like, oh my god." Because I'm, I'm trying to get. Uh, I, I didn't even know he was still on YouTube. I never. He really basically went from being atheist to Christian right wing, and he's having all. Yeah, this, I was aware of that. Yeah. And no, he's having this beef with this guy named G Man. I don't even know who he is. Oh yeah, so I knew G Man. G Man actually agreed to be in his podcast next week. Oh yeah. Like I, he has a podcast where he basically just tosses a whole bunch of people on, and it becomes just a like a free for all, is whatever. I I watched is a few right? of them where he has like up to like seventeen people on. It's yeah, I, I won't do that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's 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 like, the impre- Okay, when I did the first like Magic Sandwich show for like I was on the first yeah. episode, even though I, I didn't really speak on it because I realized very very quickly that they had Nephilim free on. And yeah, and there was like a bunch of the rest of us, and. It had the inadvertent effect of making Nephilim Free look clever. Because he, all he had to do was sit there and respond in a calm, rational yeah. way to what they said. And he looked like he was under attack. He, I mean, he was obviously he was an idiot, and everybody was right in what they were saying back to him. But the problem is, it gave the impression of him being under attack by like five or six evolutionists. And it, it went really badly in that context, is the perspective thing. And so. Not like now, like if somebody like G-Man has a show, I'm like, yeah, you're you're throwing 16, 17 people on there because if you actually got into one-on-one with, say, somebody like me, it would go very badly for you. You need 16 or 17 people to make yourself look like you're not. That, yeah, yeah. Um, he he did some debate on a TJ's live podcast of Drunken Peasants where he had his professor from, uh, I guess he's French-Canadian named Auvois uh, something. Okay. And or, this guy, Auvois, is... Um, uh, I, I, I'm slaughtering his name. I don't, it's something like that. I'm very similar to uh, because I'm, can't remember, I'm a battle of names. He basically was talking about evolution because this guy is a biologist and Gene was like, basically he said, and it's, let, me, let, me just, let me just show you what he did. It was ridiculous. I gotta, I gotta like, basically imitate exactly what he did. Everything you need to know in this is in this book right here. Okay. And he just like, basically just flew the book open and started like highlighting stuff on the screen. Okay. And it was uh, it was very nerve wracking. He was uh, writing in his Bible. Yeah, he was like, just highlighting all of it. It was it was very nerve. Uh, I hate that. I have I. I <laughs> like how could you deface the Bible like that or any book for that matter? Uh, I, I had like an incident where I was playing like a tabletop game when I was yeah twenty two, and uh, it had the, the tear outs. The yeah, the, t- like the tear out. Um, that was a D and D edition too, right? Yeah, and they had the players, man. and somebody like, and I, and they were like, they were in pristine condition. And somebody was like, "Oh yeah, here's the template." They tore it out, and everybody like just stared. At Blood me. out for, oh, five, for ten seconds because they were like, because they were like, "You look like somebody just killed your child." I, I know. <laughs> I do. Do you watch do Minor Family? Do you watch Minor Families? No, I don't. There was an episode where uh, Mitchell was uh, selling some uh, Spider-Man um, number one, and they actually they actually looked it up on the show. They got a mint condition real Spider-Man number one. And it basically threw into a pile of mud. And it was like, I basically, like, my heart died and I saw that. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, I, I, have, a, I have this, if you've ever seen it, somebody said it's, it's a Bible I have. It looks like it was made by dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> I had a video. I had to do a video on it. It's, one of, it's from, like, like, 1860. And it's literally, like, a tome. And, uh, 
and it's just, I don't know, if you collect documents or papers or books like that, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm into ephemera, for example. I'll collect, yeah. like, old documents and papers. I have, I have things dating back to 1812, con, legal contracts of uh, land ownership. I don't yeah. know, it bores the hell out of people, but for me, I find it interesting. That's just me. Interesting I do the same thing, actually. I, um, my great-great-uncle, uh, no, great-grandfather, I think third great-grandfather was a general in the Civil War, so I just try to get, I basically got from the Library of Congress and, like, family relatives tons of boxes of everything he oh, did in the Civil War. Yeah, it, it, I find it fun. I, I have letters, I came across some letters, which, uh, I'm reading through the letters, they're all from the perspective of a woman writing to a, a, a World War, a soldier, World War II. Yeah. I realized as I'm reading the letters gradually that I said, oh my God, the soldier's gay. He's using her as a beard. And they're actually going to do a marriage when they get home, and I don't know if she's aware of this or not. <laughs> and it's incredible the things you find in this kind of stuff. Do you, do you all collect model figurines at all? No, I don't. I never did get I almost got into that, but I didn't. Then they stopped making them lead especially, then I just lost interest. Like, I'd started to, but then they passed laws where you couldn't have lead in figurines. I don't know, is it still the same way now? You can't have lead in figurines. It's probably been that way for 20 years. It's been that way for, like, since the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's how far back I'm talking about. Yeah, it's so like I, 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 my, I have like they, hundreds, they felt kind of cheap at that point. I have hundreds of blood figurines. I, get, I just get off eBay. Yeah, but they don't make them anymore, right? No, they don't. There's a Russian country. company that sells them. Ah, you see, you know that that's the thing is in the '80s they did that probably when the internet came. In. I don't know, now you have access to it. I know for a time there I lost interest in it because you couldn't get them. And I just started getting into it. and It seemed like the ones you could get were really cheap. Be Mussolini. Yeah. Zombie called <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that reminds me. Have you ever uh, seen the movie Dead Snow? Yes, and the second one I just saw. Yeah, that's some great stuff. Yeah. That was great having you, Trapuka. It was great speaking to you, yes. When it comes to these interviews I produced when I was a teenager, interviewing a fuck ton of right-wing extremists... Do take note, now 10 years later as of recording this outro that you're currently listening to, 99% of these fascists I'm speaking of that I happen to record an interview are completely irrelevant. The only interview worth mentioning from the collection of these dullards I'm speaking about is the time I interviewed Sargon of Akkad, the alternative right pandering and failed United Kingdom politician for UKIP. The organization better known as the United Kingdom Independence Party. This is the best way that Sargon of Akkad can be summed up as. Some of the controversy this week, um, you know, as you know, Milo or Milo was banned from Patreon and then uh, Sargon, the, mm -hmm. the destroyer. The Sauron, I believe. Sauron, yeah, the eye of my dick. The eye of... I don't know. I think he's like a wizard. Isengard. Suck a cock gun. Isengard. He, got, he, yeah. got, he was kicked off he's for a, <laughs> casting <laughs> a spell on a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm understanding correctly. I think that's what it is. Um, I, and, and, no, I mean, because like a couple of people are mad, and they're trying to, they're pointing out that, like, why is it that he gets kicked off and we don't? Mm -hmm. And just to make it clear, it's because... Uh, we're the good guys. Mm -hmm. And he has a little ass we're on dick. The, we're on the right side of history. Yep, that's so um, true. You say, like, well, he sarcastically used racial slurs, and you sarcastically use racial slurs. I have never once ever used a racial slur. I'm going to go on the record right now. I'm going to go on the record right now and say, you will be hard-pressed to find any evidence. 
of me using any kind of slur. And honestly, the suggestion of that, first of all, out of context, it's, insulting. it's, do- it's doctored. No. What we're dealing yeah, with yeah. here is a classic case of doctored. Everything's been doctored. Uh, we have reviewed the evidence presented by the YouTube Council of Gaming and Kotaku or whatever. The, the, defend- the holy defenders of Sargon... The N word, the N word sayer, <laughs> the Sargon, the mage of N word saying, the dark mage. <laughs> oh, yeah. How so about thanks for that. Of <laughs> yeah, that is R- a fucking such a dumbass name. There's, yeah. His name's like I don't get what Ed it is. Something. What right? is his deal? I don't know. Now, he's he's racist after- and a gamer. Yeah, he's racist that and thing? a little ass bitch. Oh, I literally have no idea who he is. Or is he not racist? No, he's definitely racist. Oh. I think he's racist. He's racist and against a fucking video dork. games? And, he named, and, he, and people say the shit, whatever the fuck his name is, with a straight face. Like, Sorry, God of a God. Some fucking pudgy ass British Yeah, call guy, him his real fucking name. I like that, like, because of podcasting, guys like us and him go from people who would have just been working at the mall for the rest of their lives. <laughs> like, I would be in GameStop being like, look at that fucking loser that works in the sword store. Yeah, yeah, And it yeah. would have been Sargon. Yeah, and it would have been Sargon. But and seriously, like, free him, His though. name tag says Carl, and he keeps changing <laughs> it to Sargon. And his boss is like, Carl. Carl, I tell Carl, you again, you fire. Carl, you do that one more time, <laughs> we're going to have to let you go. The mall management says that women have complained and they can't, they don't know your real name. <laughs> when, you keep looking when at they women, file sexual harassment complaints, they don't come know what in name. and they ask for directions how to get to the Hallmark store, <laughs> and you answer with a riddle that involves the size of your penis. <laughs> Stop making them guess how long your penis is. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Nguyen. I'll never do it again. Vada <laughs> Kadavra. Should we have wizard names? Yeah. Uh, well, that's gonna do it, fellas. That's yep, the show. That'll that's do it, the guys. Show. So remember, go to patreoncom town Click report. No, don't do that. Subscribe. Say, if, if Sargon of Akkad <laughs> isn't allowed to keep his magic tricks for racist page. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the fuck that is, whatever he does. How Was come this your guys, card? Yeah. And it's you just a king that says the N-word on look, it. This is not hubris. I'm being 100% accurate. Uh-huh. We are the modern-day Mark Twain. We are Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. This show is Mark Satire. Twain. Suck mule cockmelon. So if you want to yeah, if you want to yeah, cancel yeah, yeah. Cometown, you better be ready to cancel Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, author of The Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. How to lose a guy in rascals. ten days? Yep, ten things I hate about the you. Secret. <laughs> yeah. uh, the game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he did write the game. Yeah, he wrote the game. He was getting pussy on Louisiana steamboats by calling the, bitches the fat. Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. He did do that. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're a lot like you know how Mel Brooks dressed Mystic up pizza. like Nazis. Right, pizza was we and he's Black Knight was written by Mark yeah, Twain. The Dark Knight originally Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. Knight. I mean, he get they yeah, changed yeah, yeah. the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had a real Sargon. It was name called too. Black Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just call it Sargon Knight. <laughs>
obviously that clip was from Cumbtown. Anyway, the fact that I interviewed Carl Benjamin and all those right-wing extremists from the years of 2014 to 2016, I consider a major low point in my life. There's only one podcast interview I did, part of these political interview series that I'm proud of. I haven't listened to it in years. Within the week of recording this episode's outro, I'll absolutely review the content of the interview that I'm referring to, and if it can be worked with, and if it is suitable for re-editing to be presented on Let Us Be Idiots. Well, that's today's episode, and I'm gonna cut it. Danger! Representing on Let Us Be Idiots podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lou B, U B, Raw, that's a real gig. That's a real gig. But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots. Let's be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. Let us be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. They ask me how I do it, keep them coming with that hot flame. Dames take the reins, act a fool with my pin bangs. Only place I do it is the show that gets the silliest. Tired of being stuffy, so I say let us be idiots. Y'all about to know that I'm the monster with the sick flow. Call me PMS, probably million stacking. No, no, let's go. Drop lava rocks, burning infinite. Keep these bastards angry, angry bastards just don't give a Lighting their ways up, bring the real deal I feel we too much, make them all squeal Mohill in my clutch, make them out and out Ruby lighting it up, got you saying well Lang G, you be raw, that's a real gig But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots